Hello and welcome to the Hot Topic. Uh, my name is Richard Drabble and I am joined by Matthew Barber. Hey, hey. Uh, and a Mr. Joseph Druitt. Um, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, and this week we're talking about McKellar. And I've completely forgotten where McKellar is from. You literally told me <laughs> all of 30 seconds ago, and I... It was less than 30 yeah, seconds ago. Complete, let's give him clues. Let's give him clues. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's, let's do that thing again that we did Denmark. in the last episode. Oh, there we go. That was amazing. You got it in one. Nailed it. It's from Denmark, and it's got really funky art design cans, but we'll go into that a little bit later. But I'm going to hand you over to the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Mr. Matthew Barber. Oh. Blimey, how do you live up to that billing? Um, well, thanks, mate. Um, well, to be honest, is it news? I'm sure you're all feeling it. I'm, of course, talking about World Cup fever. Who's got World Cup fever? Do you, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> sounds, yeah. like, sound, sounds like you've had too much vice beer. I, <laughs> I, understand, I understand that is one of the symptoms of, of World Cup fever, yeah. is flatulence. That- if if I had one of those like you know radio sound boards, I'd have gone a brah, brah. <laughs> that, that's, that's the noise I wanted to do. But I ended up doing a raspberry instead. Yeah. Um, actually, weirdly, <laughs> at time of recording, I should say has has a game it's, kicked off yet? The first game has happened, uh, and I'm very pleased to announce that Qatar got absolutely destroyed by Ecuador. Bam! Go Ecuador! Um, Take that, there you go. Qatar. I'd say they were never going to win Qatar, though, were I'd, they? I'd say hard luck no, Qatar. The only reason they're in it is because they, they're hosting it or they paid to host it. Anyway, we'll get into that. Controversy <laughs> yeah, it's it's surrounding this World Cup. In touched a, a nerve there, by the sounds of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, would, I, I think we'd be worth talking about it. Uh, and uh, just two days ago, the news broke. Actually, we're, I'm reading the uh, Guardian article about it, actually, recently. But basically, Qatar, I, I think in a bit of a... <laughs> Twist at the last minute said, no beer, no alcohol, um, not having it. Um, I imagine Budweiser were uh, absolutely thrilled about it. Um, I've got to sort of say, it's, it's the cultural reason, uh, I, I think, that they've given for not having the beer there. But it's a bit like, you wanted a World Cup, didn't you? Like, yeah. that's, yeah. people... This is my biggest issue with this. Mm-hmm. And it's the World Cup element to it, but it's also the fact that FIFA like forced Brazil to change their laws in order to have beer within stadiums, which had been illegal before the world cup came to Brazil. So I just, the hip, the kind of the hypocrisy here is, is one of the many, many things that's so wrong about this. Um, not to mention the fact that, you know, Budweiser, Hey, it's AB and Bev biggest beer company in the world. They've got the money to spend on it, but they'll have spent a ton of money to get these exclusive rights to sell the beer. Um, well, as you boys both know, I don't care about football. Um, <laughs> Makes for a great hot topic. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I, I have no real interest, but I did. I did thoroughly enjoy the way. Did you see what um, Budweiser put on their Twitter account? Yeah, it, I, got I, it was kind of the best response. Oh, this, yeah. this is news to me. I, I, oh, yeah, so me. yeah, so when so when they found out that they were not allowed to sell beer there or in the stadiums, they just tweeted out, "Well, this is awkward." <laughs> <laughs> Quite like that. Quite yeah. like that. Well, actually, so <laughs> on that note, I'm just going to read you the statement from FIFA that came out Friday. 
Following discussions between host country authorities and FIFA, a decision has been made to focus the sale of alcoholic beverages on the FIFA Fan Festival. Other fan destinations and licensed venues removing sales points of beer from Qatar's World Cup 22 stadium perimeters. This is the bit that it's not all bad news for, for Budweiser. There is no impact to the sale of Bud Zero, which will remain available <laughs> at all Qatar World Cup stadiums. Phew. <laughs> but but, that's a load but off. totally destroyed the fans' experience because, let's face it, Bud Zero is not great. It's not a good alcoholic-free beer. I think Bud Zero is the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> Ever. Let, let's not. Let's not go there. Let's do, not go do there. Do not pull that thread. <laughs> so moving swiftly on. <laughs> but um, it does say that obviously that sale of alcohol is strictly controlled in Qatar, a conservative Muslim nation. But however, it has been decided that alcohol will be available at matches only in hospitality boxes, where the cheapest sweets are nearly twenty thousand pounds a match. So, like, it basically saying if you've got the money, you can have some alcohol, but otherwise, everyone else just yeah, stuff it. We don't care. <laughs> and it just it just shows that I think this is why the whole lack of emphasis about this World Cup, a because it's the wrong time of year, and how can someone get excited about a World Cup when it's you know it's cold outside and yet in the host country it's like fifty degrees centigrade, you know. But more more to the point, that the fact that this whole thing is so there's a like a dirty area of money that's spinning around behind the background. So it's hard not to, you know, and this is not new news for World Cups and FIFA. You know, we know FIFA is not a good organization. You know, it's in fact, they're probably the worst organization. But the fact that it's so like at the front of everything that's happening with this World Cup is, is a very bitter, as a football fan, it's a bitter pill to swallow because I still would like to watch the football. You know, I enjoy the football. I want to know who's doing what. But at the same time, it's just, no, it's just not good. Um, there was also quite a babbling statement from, um, I can't remember his uh, actual title, but the guy Infantino, Gianni Infantino. Um, he is president, sorry, I'm just checking, he is president of FIFA. He just came out with this really rambling statement and said, oh yeah, well, well, all the West, they're, they're all bad and, and I'm, I am all of these people who are <laughs> things and I, I think it's all, yeah, it's absolute, do you know what the word is? Codswallop. Yeah, it's just I, it's just ridiculous. But I, I read one story with somebody you have to queue a mile, um, in the fan stadiums to get a beer with all of the fencing they've put in place, which I find quite oh, funny. God. So they're Not just zigzagging that. back and forth. But 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 it is a bit upsetting how almost the beer story is overshadowing kind of everything else that's going on over there as well. Yeah, I think you're right, Travis. It, it's it, there is there is. There's a bigger story here, and it's just being, you know, the beer thing has been like what most people have focused on, and it's like, ugh, really? Because there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, that should be I'm, about. I'm thinking of boycotting the World Cup. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've got the resolve to really do it <coughs> and see through my convictions. But also, with didn't they say loads of thousands of people died building the stadiums? Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty ridiculous. That that that's what we should be talking yeah. about. That's for sure. Uh, boycotting um, the uh, World Cup is possibly going to be slightly easier for me because I'm going to be out of the country for most of it. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make myself out to be a saint just yet. But it's not good. It's not good at all. No, not at all. Not at all. I think it's you know also as well the inevitable that we as uh, you know as as the UK don't go anywhere. I think that's that's pretty much where things will, will cut off anyway. Um, you know, but it's 
Yeah, it doesn't lead. It doesn't lead to a good and exciting, you know. Yeah. Kind of turn of events. Let's put it that way. Well, should we move? Oh, should we move on to um, a happier topic, if not a hoppier one? So let's move on to something maybe a little bit lighter and a little bit nicer, conversation-wise. So we are currently trying McKellar, which is. I thought this was the first time I tried it, but then I realised I tried it last weekend. And <laughs> so exactly quite, what I'm drinking as yeah. well. Yeah, but I will tell you what, I will set the scene to where I tried McKellar for the first time as well. So nice. I was um I was off I was off on a campervanic adventure, because that's the sort of thing I do now is is go on campervan adventures and we were we were campervanning on top of this amazing hilltop looking over Portland into Weymouth on the bay and we walked down to the beach and we were sitting on top of a pillbox do you guys know what a pillbox is from World War II yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they had like f- f- yeah 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 so where like there so where, so where the gunners would sit and they'd watch out to the bay and the sea and we were sitting on top of one of those and I brought from what I found in Asda was the McKellar and I, wa- I wanted to try a new hazy I wanted to try a new hazy a hazy IPA because who doesn't love an IPA I'm sitting on there, watching the sunset coming down, trying this beer. Um, and then I discovered um, it was a nudist beach. Um, and nice. <laughs> in Weymouth. In Weymouth. So- Honestly, I just... <laughs> a, I just a stum- cold nudist beach. <laughs> I just stumbled upon it, honest. Hang on, yeah, yeah. it's November. Yeah, yeah. And the sun was going down. And just this group of naked people just walked past, past me while I was sitting on the pillbox. Blimey. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a sight for sore eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the beer was good. So it's, a- <laughs> it's a beer and a view all at once. Heavens <laughs> yeah. above. Um, lovely. Well, it's, this, is, this, is a, this is probably a, a, a similar to Weymouth Beach. Copenhagen, right, is, is, is where McKellar yeah. is from. Um, I've been, I'm meant to be uh, sort of nominated fact boy on, on this one, but um, it's a microbrewery and... Anyone want to tell me <laughs> what a microbrewery is and how would you get the, the, to call yourself particularly small? It's, it, it's definitely the scale, the volume of, yeah. of like beer that you create oh, every be, given yeah, year, right? Cubic, cubic uh, centimetres of beer. Hectoliters? Hecto- are we hecto- in, he- are we the, in hectoliters? Are we in hectoliters territory? Because how can you be a, me- a, a microbrewery if you do like over a hectoliters? Like, because hectoliters is a huge, vast yeah. quantity of liquid, isn't it? Oh no! So one hectolitre is a hundred litres of beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was so. going to say because a hectare is like a hundred square metres, isn't it? Well, there you go, Bob's. You, you <laughs> had the answer inside you all along. <laughs> if only I'd swooped <laughs> in earlier. Only if I had had that belief in myself. It sounded like fantastic and saved the podcast. Um, <laughs> alas, <laughs> alas, it's ruined. Right. Let's keep going. So. How many, Baba? You were saying about what it takes to be a microbrewery. Yes. It, what, at what point do you break the ceiling and keep going? I'm assuming the fact that these guys are being stocked in a major UK retailer means that they've actually kind of gone. They, I think, presumably, they must have started as a microbrewery and are now just a brewery. <laughs> well, this is my point because they're from Denmark, but they're obviously selling very well here in the UK. They must be selling very well in other countries as well, if not their own native lands. Because everything I've tried from Mikella has been fantastic. I haven't had a bad Mikella, uh, let's put it that way. So 
this I've had their you know uh, an, an IPA from theirs before, uh, which is delicious, and the, I think their non-alcoholic is probably the best. Uh, non-alcoholic beer that I've ever had. I will say that out there. Oof. It's a very, very good non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Sorry, big drop, but you know, I think you and you and McKellar are probably on the same path. But I've only tried one non-alcoholic from McKellar, which was good. Um, whereas I've had many different non-alcoholics in Big Drop, which have been fantastic. So I think I'd put the numbers wise on Big Drop. But I've always enjoyed a McKellar and this Ich bin Raspberry. Um, Berliner Weiss, but raspberry-infused Berliner Weiss is fantastic. I mean, it's very sweet, as you'd imagine, from a raspberry beer. Um, but it's it's delicious. You know, I'm really enjoying it. That's good. So I've I've picked up the Hazy IPA, which was the one I had last time. And it is it is a solid IPA. I'm not... I think mm. it possibly could be a bit more hazy in my eyes. Maybe, maybe a little bit more punchy in the taste. But... Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. It's nice. It's it's got a nice bitter through, all the way th- as you as you're trying it, and a nice, a nice. Can you got a little sweet aftertaste as well? So uh, it's fair to say you guys believe in the in the liquid. You're you're enjoying the the beer that you've had so far, and you, and you rate it. I think the liquid's good, but I think what does McKellar justice is the fact that they've got this crazily unique um design choice mm-hmm. you know these like characters these illustri- illustrative characters that they have mm-hmm. um you know like the really like elongated noses you know they're kind of like quite, quite jovial looking mm-hmm. quite eye-catching but very distinctive you know it re- very reminiscent of like old-timey cartoons and like you know kind of comic books yeah yeah i think i feel like i've seen this before but obviously i haven't done before this is all new to mckellar um and so yeah so this is plastered all over their you know their brand identity um you know like for example this berliner vice can has like the one of their characters with a raspberry in the middle of his in his mouth like in between his teeth you know to kind of show and it's just it's just quite different it's quite refreshing you know these these kind of pastely colors this isn't like an in-your-face craft brewer you know this isn't like you know they've got hand grenades on it or they've got you know <laughs> teddy bears exploding you know or or death metal vibes like this is very much like you know nice palettes you know kind of colors and you know kind of like these fun kind of like you know caricatures but it's very clearly a beer inside it nice danish vibe have you guys ever seen yeah. the artist um keith keith yeah keith Haring? Keith Harris. Keith Keith Haring. No, I haven't heard of Keith Haring. So he's, he's he's fairly famous through like the nineties into into the two thousands. But all his art is very very similar to this, which oh, is quite good. Yeah, I, I currently have one of his pieces on order, not an original because that would be absurd. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought but, Keith um, Harris was a, the a shady photo in a, in a in a museum yeah. somewhere. Someone's taking a photo. And you're, yeah, you're getting a print out yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm just gonna get a I sweet thought Keith print, Harris. Yeah, oh, go on. No, I was going to say, you, you, you probably have seen some of his work before. Give, give me a minute. I will find a link and send it. I thought and send, Keith and Harris was the bloke who had Orville. You know, the puppy. Keith, <laughs> Keith Haring. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Harris is the guy with Orville. <laughs> He's an English ventriloquist. <laughs> Orville, the kind of like weird green bird that sat in a nap. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, what was his name? Keith what? Harris. Keith Haring. Oh. <laughs> no, Keith... <laughs> Travis, what was he called? Keith Haring. <laughs> Haring. Well, American artist. Well, you guys are having a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen his You've stuff You've seen before. his stuff. But I've got, I've got, I've got yeah. a similar sort of vibe from that. 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. He's got a lot more colour, I think, with it. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see some inspiration, but it definitely is very distinctive. It's very different. Yeah. Um, but I, I was loving about McKellar how, you know, they're not obviously a very small brewery, so I don't know if they could still technically be classed as a microbrewery. Mm. I know now. I know the answer. Well, they were a microbrewery. They now, and they, it was, they were, they were doing the, I love there was, there's a few words that have been banded about for the style of brewery, like gypsy brewer, brewing, and not yeah. having a, not having their own site, working with other breweries to mass produce yeah. that. And, um, yeah, also known as cuckoo brewing, brewing. Cause Ooh, I think that's what cuckoo's doing. Yeah, they go in other, other nests yeah. and that sort of thing. But do you know how they started? No, tell me. So there are two founders. Um, Mikkel Björgso, um, who's a high school teacher, and Christian Clarup Keller, who's a journalist. So I was trying to think of the other uh, breweries we've talked about in the past. There's always, oh, well, we've always had a thing for beer sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Drabbers, pr- prick your ears up. Obviously, these, okay. guys, um, <clears throat> these guys come from different professions, but they were self-taught home brewers. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so they got started, and the way they were kind of honing their skills brewing was trying to like make clone, make carbon copies of of other beers that they tried, and see if they could fool people, getting them to sit down, blindfold them, and give them the real McCoy and the version that they made themselves. And that actually went quite well. And they said, Do "You know, we kind of might be onto something here." Shall we take it to the next step and start making our own? I love that. I like that as well. So rather than, rather than starting out with something very bold like a chili-based beer, they went with <laughs> something more try-tested. <laughs> Look, I feel like there's, there's, there's many famous people in the world who, who dreamt big early on. Mm. Um, and Sometimes you me. need to take an artistic gamble, don't you? <laughs> that's it. And I took an artistic gamble, and I think it paid off. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I love that story. So they, so they had very different walks of life from beer, but were just avid home brewers and set themselves these challenges of trying to like fool people. Basically, can you tell what's the real McCoy? And more often than not, it went very well for them. I, I love that. That's great. I think that's a real kind of testament to willpower and kind of you know just wanting to keep it going and keep doing something right. And do, and do you know actually? Apologies, I did. Yeah, I got away from the original point that the, what we were talking about is brewery, brewery sites, and that sort of thing. I understand they now operate four sites that brew beer. Um, one in San Diego, um, and and, wow. and, and uh, that's actually a, a brewery, as I understand. And then the others are there are three brew pubs. Um, mm. uh, Warpigs in, in Copenhagen, um, and Mike- just named Michaela uh, in London and Baghaven. Uh, and oh, sorry, there is also a brew site in, in Copenhagen. We're going to have to go to the Michaela in London because oh, I've, I've seen a lot about this Michaela London one. Yeah. Um, and I love that they've set up a, like an outpost in London as well. It seems like they've gone from Denmark to London, which is quite cool. Yeah. Obviously, seen there's there's a bit of a uh, you know a brew a craft brew consumption kind of like fan base here in London in the London area, which I can definitely attest to. That's why we know you know a bit about this. But I'm loving that like, you know, they're doing stuff like this where they are just notice they've created a collaboration beer with Warner Brothers consumer products where they have done a Syrax Rises, which is all about the House of Dragon, you know, the HBO. Yeah. Um, right. you know, <laughs> I'm getting some. I like I'm getting, I'm getting some straight away. 
So they've done a House of Dragon beer called the Syrax Rises. Um, and that was launched in the end of, uh, end of August. And if I'm quite honest, from the distance, from what I can see from the, it, it is, it is like basically, um, the illustration is like two hands holding a, a dragon egg with a dragon coming out the top of it. Okay. It's so very artistic. But from the very grainy photo that I saw before, it almost looked like a dragon turning its head and you could just see its anus. <laughs> 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 Oh man, I, I, you know I can sort of see what you mean. <laughs> we didn't need that. I, I like I like the collaboration. We we don't always need the collaboration with some form of food or other thing. I'm down for the collaboration of the movie, right, or yeah. TV series or whatever. I'm only four episodes well, in. If so anything, this should be paving the way for other beers to do TV or film related releases, like you know. Corona and Fast and Furious have got to be doing one sooner rather than later. You literally God. read my mind. No, this is not, not this again. <laughs> um, I'm only four episodes into that, though, so I'm, I have to try and get some and drink along with... I haven't watched any of it yet, but I will do as soon as it gets to somewhere I can. I don't have to pay to watch it, basically. Um, yes. <laughs> Marketer's nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is but it does seem like It does seem like Mikella are very... Are very like active around the world. Like although they probably have a, quite a small presence from what you were saying there, Barbara, about the number of brew pubs and you know kind of breweries they have, they are involved in a lot of different events from Scotland to Denmark to. It looks like there's one here that's in the middle of the ocean between the Great Britain and Iceland. I don't know what that's all about. The Mikella Bar Torsh Van, which is you know something in the North Atlantic on a remote set of North Atlantic islands nestled in a historic neighbourhood. Wow, that's, that's so that's, funny. That's uh, one of a kind, isn't it? Yeah, very weird. Um, yes, so it's up in the, the Faroe Islands, which is in the middle of the... Between, it's literally, you know, yeah, that's remote. Than remote. So they've got, they've got a, a bar up in up in the Faroe Islands. That's so funny. Why, why on earth would they want to do that? <laughs> you just pop in on your way home from work, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. I think there's a very fancy yeah. restaurant in the Faroe Islands as oh. well. I think Faroe yeah. Islands is like the next big place, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the cool stuff. All the cool kids going. But yeah, I just, I'm liking it. I mean, obviously you can go and get your own branded merch of all your McKellar favorites, beers and t-shirts. And, you know, it's very distinctive looking and, you know, kind of all these things. Like there's even a beer geek bonanza board game that's a McKellar, you know, beer board game. So, you know, okay. if we had a spare 55 pounds, we could purchase it. 55 but, you know, let's pounds? Face it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Better come with a crate time. as well. No, I think that's just for the board game. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so McKellar, you can get hoppy beers, dark beers, sour beers, uh, you know, lagers, non-alcoholics. You know, there's there's a whole plethora of different beers here. Um, you know, they'll bundle it all up. You know, they're doing currently a Christmas calendar. If you want a McKellar Christmas calendar, you know, you can do that as well. So there's a lot on offer. That's all I'm going to say about McKellar. I think it's quite an interesting... And it's a Danish brewery that... Every beer I've had so far from them has been delicious. Yeah, I've missed out on them so far, but I'm going to give them a try. No, very good. So Instagram, they have 237,000 followers. Oh, wow. Plenty. Plenty. They're not, they're, not doing, they're not doing too bad there. And then uh, Twitter, they have 43.4k followers. Oh, fair play. Not to be sniffed out. No, they're doing, they're doing, they're, they're doing okay. That's it. So, yeah, look out for McKellar. Whammy. Well done, everyone. 
And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>